Hello, everybody. Welcome to today, and welcome to season three of Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie, and I am in a hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio, because Death Valley Girls is on tour right now. Uh, go to Death Valley Girls page on Instagram or Facebook to see if we're coming to a town near you. I think we only have three weeks left of tour, so go check it out quick. Now, back to season three. Each week, start an alien ET contact the abductee or experiencer. Most of these people are part of a support group called CERO, Close Encounter Research Organization. CERO is run by hero Yvonne Smith from episodes 6 and 59. I will link info to Yvonne and CERO in the show notes. This is the last week of interviews, but we will be back next week with an informal question and answer episode live from tour. Today we have hero Greg Cortez, who owns New Monkey Studios. Greg was referred to me by podcast editor Jake Bowman. We had a conversation that was awesome, and I'm super excited for y'all to hear it. Greg also has his own podcast. Be sure to check that out, too. And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Greg Cortez. Hi. Hey, hey, Bonnie. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So it's an awesome start to Memorial Day to do an interview with you. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for coming here. I totally, we're leaving for tour in a couple of days. And it's like, I totally forgot today was a holiday. So it really threw a wrench in a bunch of things. But <laughs> I get to talk to you, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming here. Uh you came at the request of our uh, editor, Jake. Uh, hi, Jake. Hey, Jake. Uh, hi, Jake. <laughs> and yeah, I guess um, for uh, everybody that's going to listen to this is that we've been doing um, it's season three, and we've which has no rhyme or reason. I think the first season had like 25 episodes, and then whatever, 85 minus. 25 is is season two and now we're in season three but the theme of season three is has been um a group of uh alien et contactees abductees and experiencers um all from one specific group support group called Ciro, which is um close encounter research organization oh no uh the poodle sorry the poodle Oh no. Okay, go. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you don't want to be here. Sorry. Um, but uh yeah, and so that kind of uh is now branching out into a little bit of something new, which is um and something old, which is talking to heroes, which you are. Um, and we're gonna find out why, and then maybe also talking about uh alien et ufo stuff um so first would you tell us who you are um and where are you yeah so my name is greg cortez uh my artist name is killa cortez and um so yeah i'm from los angeles born and raised um from the san fernando valley cool and um so i'm a i'm a music producer full-time i actually work with jake a ton cool and and uh i I'm a co I'm a partner at New Monkey Studio, which used to be the former studio of Elliot Smith. Cool. And uh and yeah, I'd 
this is my first interview specifically talking about like my experience or stuff, which is like, it's a little nerve wracking, but at the same time, like I'm excited to talk to someone about it because it's not everybody that you can talk to. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've had, I've had experiences since I was a kid and, um, yeah, and basically like it just spawned this, this interest where I, you know, I, I've been obsessed with it for a long time and, and like, you know, listening to a ton of interviews, doing doing my own personal research on it, and um, just trying to explain like what I saw and what I've been seeing. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of a overview of me. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I know it's like everything about it. I think uh, something I didn't talk about for the last like seven interviews is that this is like um talking about this stuff isn't easy. It's not like talking about like when you won an award or when you ate your favorite piece of pizza, it's like uh, bringing up possibly confusing, possibly traumatic, possibly super exciting, whatever. But the, the, what, what you're talking about isn't, isn't super easy. And uh, I really appreciate it um, because I, you know, I've, I've, been into this topic for a while, but I've been doing these interviews for like the past three weeks and it's been so intense. And I think the reason it's so important to me is that like, I don't, for me, like disclosure, I I don't need the government to tell me like anything, Uh, you know? So it's, it's just like, I don't, I'm not, a lot of people are waiting for them and that that's cool too. Um, But for me, I don't, um, I don't, that's not what is important to me about finding out whether or not I believe in something. So, yeah. uh, it's just these stories to me is all that really matters and is where is the meat of the, you know, is, is the important part to me. And, um, yeah, totally. I don't, I, that, that's, what's important to me. So I, I haven't really had a chance to say that. And, um, and yeah, yeah. yeah. I think to your point, it's like, it's also not even like a matter of belief. It's not like we're talking about the like the Easter bunny. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of people saying that something's happening. And I think I think that at a certain point when you have just normal people saying, like, hey guys, there's something happening to me in my sleep and I, I'm seeing these things. And then you're having corroborating military people being like, hey, we're seeing these things off off of uh, the coast and we're seeing these things on our training flights and then the government is kind of alluding to it. Um, yeah, we get past the point where it's not it's not like a, a Santa Claus thing. It's like, hey, yeah. what, what are we looking at? What are we seeing here? Yeah, totally. And yeah, I think it's like um, it's it is. Yeah, it's it's been shrouded in mystery. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and purposefully, which is, you know, it doesn't matter conspiracy stuff or not. It's not at this point, it's not a conspiracy, whether or not it's happening. It's just what it is. What, what is it, I guess. Um, and I would love to hear, um, yeah. What, where you, where you feel comfortable starting? Yeah. So, so for me, it's, I think everything kind of opened up for me at the start when I was, I was a little kid. Um, my family, we would go down to Ensenada, which is like down on the Baja Peninsula in Mexico. Um, and we would go there for years and years and years, like at least two, three beach camping trips a year. And so, so cool. one particular time, um, we went down to, it was like Rosarito, just right north of Ensenada. 
And it was like, I don't know, probably about 11.30 p.m., midnight-ish. And I actually went to sleep. I was, my my folks had a, what was called a fifth wheel that was like a towed RV, essentially. And so there was bunk beds in the back. So I was sleeping. And next thing I know, like, I, I was actually like scared because my, my brother ran in frantically and he was like, he was like, Greg, Greg, there's UFOs, there's UFOs. And got out, walked outside and my parents were there like at least 50 to 75 people were in the campground all staring up wow. and we saw and we saw these like it was these three lights kind of like circling around like this and they were above and then they circled around came down merged into one flew back up separated again kind of did some more dancey stuff and we watched it for like apparently they had been watching it already for a good 10, 15 minutes, and then it's it's stuck around for another 10, 15 minutes, so maybe a half an hour in total, and then it just like darted off, right? Wow. And like first experience, mind blown, like what the heck was that, you know? Yeah. And um, so I think one interesting tie-in with that is if anybody knows about the Nimitz case that's that's happened off of the coast of San Diego, like that's the whole, that's the exact area where those Navy pilots believe that they saw those UFOs, the Tic Tac. And um, apparently, you know, uh, there's that there's that show. Uh, there was one where El- Lou Elizondo did on the History Channel. And they specifically went to that area, to an island right off of that area, where they, they track a lot of these UFOs going underwater. So I think that's like part of the thing is that people tend to believe that it's like from space. But yeah. I think there's the alternate thought that what if it's actually like here already? It's just been here. It's in the waters. And so they apparently the Navy tracks these things coming from from space down into the atmosphere, into the water, and then going somewhere where we can't see beyond that. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was a, a cool tie-in later on. But so that was my first experience seeing something like that. And so my dad was in aerospace. He was a he was a, a machinist in aerospace. That was the next question. Okay. So he worked at JPL and worked at Caltech. Oh wow. Uh, Lockheed and Rocketdyne, and he, like I remember, I used to go to all the open houses for this stuff. And so you know, I'd always had an interest in space and astronomy this whole time. But I'd say shortly after that experience, um. I had my first, what I call like, I don't know what else to call them. I call it the dinner fork experience. Okay. I have this recurring thing happened that happens and it hasn't happened in like a good eight years now. Okay. But, but it started when I was about like 10, 10 or 11, where I remember I was sleeping and, and um, it would be like your typical, um, what do they call it? Like sleep paralysis thing where I remember I was sleeping I, I woke up in my body, but I couldn't control my body, but I could feel things like touching me and, God. and it like, it freaked me out. Like it really freaked me out. And, yeah. and, um, and I said, what the heck is this? Oh, let me, let me back up. Before that happened, I had, I like, I was in this dream where it was like, I was a, I was a fork and my best friend was a spoon. Wow. And my other friend was a knife and we had to like, go save this princess in a tower. I know it sounds, it sounds crazy, but this is like, this is the dream I was in. That's cute. And, 
It was. <laughs> and in my dream, though, like, I remember, I remember, like, being like, this is dumb. Like, why am I doing this? Like, the tower had no stairs. And I was like, what the heck am I doing? And, and I, that's why I woke up out of the dream because I was like, this is a, the dumbest dream I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's when I woke up into my body and I was like, what the heck? And I couldn't move. And every time I tried to move, it was the sharpest pain I've ever felt where it just felt like spikes wow. driving into my entire body at the same time. And it felt like this electrical, crazy electrical shock. And, and it freaked me out. I said, what the heck is going on? Yeah. And I, my only conclusion in my head was like trying to think fast. I was like, oh my God, I got to go back into the dream and like save the princess and then I can wake up. And so I went back into my dream, figured it out and and I woke up. And when I woke up, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little kid. So I'm like sleeping in pajamas. I got my covers. I got my little little teddy bear with me. All yeah. of my like clothes, all the all the bed bedding, sheeting, everything was on the other side of the room. Wow. And I was just there like, you know, naked. And I was a little kid and I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like drenched in sweat. Yeah. And okay, one time, fine. Fast forward, maybe like three, four years later, I was probably 15 at this point. Yeah, like 14 at this point. Same exact dream. And same thing. Like I, I remember I, I walked into the dream feeling like it was a new dream. And then I became conscious in the dream. And I said, oh, and then I went back in my body. Same thing happened. Like same exact thing happened. Like felt stuff poking me, this massive pain. I tried moving. I couldn't get out of it. I tried to scream. I couldn't. Went back into the dream, solved it the same exact way that I did it the first time, came out of it. And same exact thing. Like all my clothes were on the other side of the room, naked, wow. drenched, wet, I'm like tripping, right? Like I can't, what's freaked me out most is like I couldn't see or feel what was happening to me yeah i could like or i guess i couldn't know what was happening to me but i could feel it yeah and so then comes the third time that this happened to me i was in i was in mexico city um so my family hails from where the pyramids are in Teotihuacan. It's oh, wow. Pyramid. I've been there before. That's so cool. Yeah. So we're, we Crazy. have like, yeah, my family lives right there. And so wow. the, the bedroom I was staying, like you could literally see the pyramid of the sun and the moon right, oh my right God. From there. And so I was sleeping and boom, right back into the dream. I'm probably like 17, 18 at this point. Boom, back into the dream. And, and this time, you know, I'm a little older and I, I'm just like in my head, I'm like, I'm like, fuck this, like this, like stop, whatever this is, stop messing with me. Yeah. And I went into my body and I like physically just like started swinging as hard as I could. And I started like, like just trying to hit something. And I, you know, I felt like I was hitting stuff and yeah. I felt massive shocking pain that I felt before. Yeah. And so the way I woke up was the bed there was the bed and then there was like a closet uh, like a walk-in closet um six feet to my right and it was a like a it was a marble floor i woke up with my back to the back of that walk-in closet all the same circumstances like completely naked sheets off everything like and that, and that ground was hard and and the bed was high like i fell i must have fallen hard and i don't know what happened but i ended up way over there and that was the first time where like it clicked. I was like, whoa, is something like really weird happening to me when this happened? Yeah. Like before it was just like, man, this is like 
I didn't know what it was, but I didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think that it might be like abductions or something like that. And, and that was the first time where I just, I, I was like, it started getting me thinking. And then I started, started like, you know, at that point started thinking about like, I started seeing these shows. Like I think like the history channel shows would happen. I don't, I don't think ancient aliens was out at that time, but it was like, you know, you see these shows and be like, well, does that happen to me? You know? And, and so that ha- that's happened since probably like two more times, kind of like the same exact circumstance. I've never been able to see what's happening to me. Yeah. Um, but then I've also had some variations of that where like the most, the most recent thing that happened that wasn't that dream was um, I was, I was sleeping and I just got this like dreadful sense that like something was outside my window. And so I just like, I just, I just sat there and I said, you know what? Like, screw it. I I need to see what this is. And I like opened the curtains as fast as I could. And when I did, I just saw this, like, it must've been like a seven foot tall gray being staring right at me. And, and then after that, I just darkness. I don't know what happened after that. Um, and that was probably within the past four years. I saw that. Um, but then like, so another thing that happened like during these like dinner fork experiences is um, when it was happening when I was a kid, I was probably like, so when it was happening in my 20s, like I think it happened twice in my 20s. Um, I remember I was working at my first studio, which was Mad Dog Studio. And I would come in late, like doing these studio sessions. And I had this neighbor that I had never, never talked to ever, like, um, but I'd seen him around and I was coming home around like probably like two in the morning. And, and he was like, he was out there because apparently he was a truck driver. So he was working late hours and he was like, Hey man, um, can I talk to you real quick? I was like, sure. What's up? And he's like, Hey, I, I don't know how to tell you this. And I, I feel weird just telling you, but, um, you know, I, I come home late all the time and the, the other the other night I was sitting out here and I saw something hovering over your house for about 30 minutes. Oh my God. He said it, he said it looked like a almost like a helicopter, but it made no noise. It was black. It was about and it was about 50 to 100 feet directly over the house. And he's like, he's like, I just sat there and watched it. I was like, he's like, I was afraid to move. I didn't want to like, yeah, see me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that, of course, like started clicking in on my other stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. And um, and so yeah, like I, there's some experiences that have full on verification. Like I know exactly what I saw. I saw X, Y, Z, and and maybe my thing is something else, but I, I don't know. I kind of just tend to feel like it could be this. Um, yeah. I, also had, I also had one other event happen that, um, so there's this, there's this experiencer, Chris Bledsoe, and he's, he's one of the most like well-known um, experiencers because his, his case is like super verifiable by the government. Um, like they're, they're brown. Do you mind but, telling his, like a little bit about his case? Well, let me tell this and then I'll, okay, sorry, I'll, sorry, I'll go sorry, into sorry. that. And sorry. so, <laughs> And so he, uh, yeah, his case is crazy, but his case has a, has a particular thing where he calls it the lady and, and it's, what's wild about it is that, um, 
he he basically has had multiple experiences where he full on sees beings and not only him but his family sees it with him people that are just around him see it with him they see they see orbs craft beings and and he's also seen what he's called like the lady which if you go down like religious texts there's been accounts of the lady in all kinds of history right like you have the virgin mary you have the lady of fatima which happened in spain where thousands of people said they saw the image of this lady in the sky um there's also the 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 it's like the great white buffalo lady that's out here um the native americans say that they they've seen this apparition of a of a lady in white and so he saw this and and it it communicated with him and and wanted him to talk about his contact story and so before i ever knew about him um I had I had this dream where it was like similar to the one where I saw the gray being. I I was walking out of my room, and I looked to the left, and I just saw this like glowing white lady. And she didn't say anything to me, but I saw her, and I looked at her, and then like I don't remember anything else. And and then when I heard his story, I was like, wait a minute, whoa, like that's like kind of what I saw. And so, so yeah, that that kind of sums up all of my experiences and you know, I don't, I don't have the super verifiable, like I 100% know that I saw a being, I know blah, blah, blah. But to me, all these experiences, I just have this, I have this suspicion that it's, that it, it is this contact experience because based off of other contactees, they've had similar experiences where it happens at night. Um, like there's, there's Whitley Strieber, who's a well-known author experiencer. Like he says that pretty much like clockwork every night, three in the morning, the, the beings come to his bedside and they like tell him stuff. They talk with him, you know? And, and I just wonder if like, it's just some of it I can remember and some of it I can't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's totally common and normal. Uh, a lot of the people I've talked to don't, don't remember anything but have a sense of something and then they either through hypnotherapy or different stuff like um just like any other uh you know we block out a lot of stuff especially stuff we can't make sense of and particularly if it's something <laughs> that we you know particularly something like this like a lot of kids block things out and it's just how we protect ourselves. It's, uh, it's part of our like evolution, uh, of, of making sense of the world. To, you know, it doesn't help us to see these things in the night. So it, it makes sense that you would protect yourself or not just you, but anyone would protect themselves by, uh. um, forgetting. And then there's the other side that maybe there's something that's making you forget. Um, but right. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not inaccessible, um, but it might just be so like locked up in your subconscious for some reason. Um, and yeah. I don't, you know, there could be a million reasons why, but um, it's not. Some of the people I've talked to, yeah, didn't remember any any of it at all, except things just started to be like, like waking up somewhere completely different, um, waking up on a street somewhere, like all these different things keep happening, but they don't remember any of it. Um, and I I don't know why, uh, you know, there's, everyone has a different experience and, and this idea of, uh, 
the the lady being like wanting someone to talk about it is uh really interesting and and you know a a totally different side of it um but well i was gonna say that the 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 experience that i had where i saw the being in the window um yeah i ended up having like really bad anxiety from that like i i actually kind of just went into i had never had insomnia in my life but after that event I, i realized it took about three years for the insomnia to go away like now i can sleep with like sleep like a sleep mask but it was like it would honestly be terrifying like i go to sleep and just like i could feel my heart start racing and kind of just afraid to close my eyes you know i'd sleep against the wall because i'm like afraid of what's going to happen and yeah uh, you know that's totally fair i think like you know just like a traumatic experience is like or like what you know is a is a abnormal thing happening to a normal person and that can create like you know trauma and ptsd and everything else and you know like anxiety is natural everyone has it it happens sometimes when people are driving or parking or you know everyone has anxiety um but if you have something really really scary happen like it's not you know it's not like uh it's that's your that's your body's way of protecting itself so it's it's like that's what's so weird is we have all these things to help us but uh they and it is keeping you safe being scared because that's scary um but it is also isn't keeping you safe in some ways it's just like you know moderation is so hard (laughs) totally yeah i've had to come to this certain point where i'm just like it happens it happens like i can't control it i haven't i haven't died so (laughs) i guess it's all right you know and yeah like i had i had an event happen at the studio sometimes i like to i like to mix late and then i wake up early and correct the mix in the morning yeah i was sleeping like on the floor actually like right here i was sleeping on the floor yeah and i had like i think the power must have gone out or something i don't know what it was but i you know it's a studio so it's dead quiet and you know you hear a noise in the studio it's freaky because there's not supposed to be any noise yeah i heard the door open and i was like what and i looked up i saw nothing and then all of a sudden the printer started moving and i was like what the heck and so like i but i I sat there and i just said whoever it is like just don't touch me you're good yeah (laughs) you're good and that's it you know i I don't know um but yeah so so Chris Bledsoe is an interesting one. Um, so he's, yeah, he's, I'd say him and uh, what's the the guy's name from Fire in the Sky? Do you know his name? Travis Walton. Travis Walton. Like, I feel like him and, and Chris are probably like one of the more well-known experiencers. And so, yeah, Chris's story is insane because it's it's multiple events and, and events that are ongoing. Um, so he has, the first one was called the Fayetteville Incident where he saw these craft um, in the sky. He was in a group of five people, saw this craft at the Fayetteville River, the Cape Fear River. And uh, I believe it's somewhere in North Carolina, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and saw these UFOs. And him and his kid who were there both experienced missing time. Um, In the regression that happened from that, um, Chris pretty much said that he, he believed that he was on a UFO and uh his kid also said and this wasn't even in regression he just said that he saw these like three foot beings translucent beings Ooh. 
And <laughs> they were, they were, he said that they were like kids though, that they were kind of just sitting there playing, like watching him and they didn't hurt him or anything. They said that they were watching him while his dad was gone. And then when his dad came back, the UFOs came, but they said that they didn't look like your flying saucer. He said that they looked like orbs and they were basically like, um, balls of fire, balls of spinning fire. That's the way he described them. Um, and there were three of them and they said that they kind of like chased the truck that they were in all the way out the property. But that story goes like way down the rabbit hole. Um, and so that's one event. Um, there was another one where he was at, he was basically at his home and, um, he had these same beings wake him up, take him outside. And then he saw what he calls the lady. And, and the lady basically told him that, that she wants him to, to spread this message, um, about, about like the earth needs to take care of, we need to take care of each other that we're hurting. And which is pretty common among contactees. They say that they're, they're given this message that we need to take care of our planet. We need to take care of each other more. Um, and so that was another one. And yeah, there's, so he has a new book that that came out called the ufo of god that everyone should go check out it's pretty insane and i'll i'm happy to uh forward his contact he's one you should definitely interview uh, Thank his, you. his story is pretty mind-blowing yeah well that's yeah thank you um uh always looking for new recommendations of stuff to get into but yeah, well, do you feel like you would be interested in doing regression or anything like that? You know, I've been told many times because I've, I've I've opened up to a lot of friends now about this. And yeah. I've had a few friends say that, yeah, you should do a regression. And so I have a hypnotherapist friend who was like, I'll do one. And I'm like, yeah, I don't oh, know. Cool. You know, but but yeah, I think I am open to it. I'm just like, it's nerve wracking, right? Like, yeah, well, I just like, do you feel like, I mean, I, it's I it's hard for me to say because I don't I I don't feel like I have had these experiences, but the from everything the kind of person I am is like uh, getting to the bottom of why things are happening is like my goal. Like I'm like, why am I like this? What, you know. So I feel like I wonder if you think that maybe knowing or having a better sense of what it what is happening might make you feel better, or maybe you don't even need that. Yeah, I think, I think knowing would be cool. I, <laughs> I kind of, I'm, I think I'm also to a place where I maybe accept that, like, maybe it's okay not to know. And maybe like, uh, Mitch Hedberg said, maybe like Bigfoot is blurry. Like Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe this thing, you know, cause there's so many different hypotheses of what it is. Like, right. I, I don't know that you'll ever know what it is, but at least what, what, what you saw i guess is, is yeah. you know the way i think about it too is like so like we have medic like we have um i don't know what the other vets who go in and like take a cow and then they tag them and give them medicine and this and that and like i'm sure if you from the cow pov it's yeah terrifying like right cow, the cow goes totally. back to the other cows and is like bro i have no idea what just happened yeah. they lifted me up and and I just wonder if maybe that's us. Like, what if, like, what if we are just we're getting picked up by something we don't understand, getting checked out, and then getting put back? You know. Yeah, I think that 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 I think that is what's happening. You know, like it's just yeah, it doesn't. I don't know if it's 
what it is. I don't think anyone does, uh, but it definitely, that definitely seems like and feels like what it is. Um, and yeah, and it's interesting just how you started is like, I think the first thing I ever saw was something come out of the ocean um, and kind of like chill <laughs> above, like in the horizon above it. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a pilot or anything, so I don't know how high anything is but it just like came out of the ocean with like the whole splash uh and then chilled for a bit and we were like what you know and then uh just as like like slowly went back down in and it was like what it went back in the water yeah and that was like Um. in the 90s like so that's like i think before you know now if people see stuff it's like yeah it might be some ship or whatever some uh, like but then it was like there isn't i mean to my knowledge there wasn't like underwater planes (laughs) you know like (laughs) well that's i mean that's what's crazy is i think that's that's what's beautiful so you had you had ralph blumenthal on and of course yeah his article the new york times article along with leslie kian like that really kicked off what i what i what i think is like a new interest in this from the younger generations yeah but I think what a lot of these gen- like these people, everyone's going to find out is that like these stories have been going back like not just a hundred years, like thousands of years. People yeah. Seen things. And it's like, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, there's no way it could be secret US tech. Like maybe some of it is like maybe, maybe they reverse engineered stuff. I mean, actually, um, so Gary Nolan, he's, he's a top Stanford scientist. And he just came out. Um, he was at the Salt New York conference, which is like, it's not like a UFO conference. It's a conference for like top innovators and investors that they're talking about, like what they're going to strategize to to invest in next. And he came out and was just like, the the interviewer asked him, like, what do you, what percentage do you believe that the U.S. government has craft and beings? And he's like, hundred percent. You know, and this isn't like your normal person. This is like a top, yeah. top scientist saying this. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, who who knows what we have tech wise, but it came from somewhere else. Yeah. And, and and then the obvious question is like, all right, well, who's driving it? And then the next question is like, why are they so interested in us? Yeah. You know, there's always like that story. There's that story of like, uh, I believe it was Eisenhower like making a deal with quote unquote non-human intelligence that they could, they could abduct some of us. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows why they're doing it. Shit. Uh, can I pause this for a second? No problem. uh, I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. No worries. (laughs) It's like. It happened. So (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. But they, they have the little kitty litter, but they, they jump in. I had my cat this morning. She was like, I was taking a shower. She was just like, come on, it's time to eat, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's really something else. Uh, but even that is like, even even they are like completely different beings. That, you know, it's like you could, there's so many weird shit, so many weird things in the ocean that are, you know, like do not seem of this planet. But even like a dog, the way it, they don't use their eyes like they can see but they don't they use their nose like you know it's it's like 
So if there was just as far as like what what the ETs, aliens, beings, whatever it is, what they're doing, I don't think, I mean, I've been to a lot of like UFO conventions and oh, cool. it just gets weirder and weirder. And some people, it gets scarier and scarier. And then there's more, some people that it gets more love and lighty and like, and yeah. then they both kind of, they, everyone agrees that like, they're not everyone agrees, but there is the side that's like, they don't, don't want us to ruin the planet. Like they're kind of like spirit guides or angels or just, you know, um, sweet yeah. beings. And then there's just like, it's the hybrid agenda. Like, blah, blah, yeah, yeah. like they're here to. Well, so that's, know. see, that's so interesting because see, I tend to, I think I fall in where, so you have Diana Pasolka who she wrote that book, American Cosmic. And her whole thing is that she, she was a, uh, she was a religious scholar and she wasn't even like into UFOs, but she actually, her first case was studying Chris Bledsoe. And her whole thing was that like, she started looking at these experiences and looked at it from a religious aspect. And if you like, if you just stripped away the time and, and just listened to his stories, it totally sounds like stories from when people were talking in the Bible. Like it's, totally. you know, if you fast forward them to now, you'd be like, oh, you're not seeing angels. You're seeing UFOs. Yeah. But Chris believes that he's seen angels in a weird way. That's what he says. Like, and I guess it's not weird. It's up to each of our interpretation. Right. But, but her, her kind of like hypothesis is that like, we're witnessing the birth of like a new religion and that these are like, these things we're talking about are like the, uh, these are the stories they're going to tell. Like, oh my God, they saw lights and the blah, 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 you know? Yeah, that's so and, cool. And, you know, yeah. a thousand years from now, it's going to be like, oh my God, they were seeing these things and someone's going to be like, no, this bullshit, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, and, I haven't thought about it that way. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> so, but then to expand on that, so, you know, I I, I followed uh, Tom DeLong's company to the stars for a good amount of time. And, you know, if you read their books and you kind of go into what a lot of them say, like they kind of hypothesize that like not the UFO, but whoever's creating the UFO actually spawns different religions in different places to keep humanity divided. Like it's a it's a thing that they do. Like they they start wars and they create religions and they they try to interject ideas to keep us in our separate little tribes. Why? And, well, you know, that's, <laughs> again, this is just their, their, their view on it. Like, so they were talking specifically about the cold war that, that there would be a UFO crash here. And then we get some technology and they gift us technology. They gift it to us, but then there'd be a UFO crash in the USSR and they get gifted some technology. And then it was basically like their, their version of fight night they're like all right we're gonna let them duke it out and see who wins yeah no and i mean sorry but that is funny because it's like you you forget that you have an opinion or i forget that i have an opinion i feel like i'm open-minded like i yeah. don't i just want to follow the truth wherever it leads and it's like but when the truth is like um you know mean or whatever i'm like i don't like that that's not yeah, that yeah. can't be true there you know like i really i don't but yeah, I, I stuff like that does seem true to me. 
um, I don't, it's just funny. Cause you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, uh-huh. I, I perceive myself to be super like not one of the like um, people with an agenda, but I do like, I want it to be good and harmonious and like accidental yeah. if there's evil, but I, you know, but it's also because when you go to these conventions or when you hear all these different opinions, you're hearing people that it's like these like, you know, like just overlords of these different things using our bodies to get these things. And it's like, no, I don't want it to be that. Like, I want it to be from love. Yeah. (laughs) No, see, I'm with you because I, I, I don't, I try not to close myself to any any of it because i feel like there's probably some truth all of it yeah. true. like it can like i think that's true yeah i think just like humans in general right like like we all have our good side we all have our dark side why wouldn't they be the same like how, what there could be equally beautiful non-human intelligences that want to take care of us and they could have their little step bro that that yeah, wants true. to mess us up you know <laughs> Um, and it's interesting because like yeah so chris is very much on the side that like it's positive for us and it wants to take care of us but even he mentions like yeah there's a dark side too but he doesn't really talk about it and and i think i think think part of it though because just from different accounts that i that i've read and, and heard about it's like i think a lot of it has to do with our consciousness and how we think and how we think whatever this is it projects itself as that. So if we if we tend to think dark negative thoughts, it's going to project itself as something scary. And if we think these more positive things, whatever this thing is, it tends to come as more peaceful and and whatever like I think there's some weird connection to that. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other topic, but that's just my my thought. No, no, I think that that's cool and I I think super true too cuz that's I've been talking a lot about how uh just how we see the UFOs throughout time, how, like I've talked about this so many times on here and I'm sorry for everyone listening, but like how before there was like cars, it was like ships. And then in the fifties, it was like these saucers that looked like the cars. And then the nineties, it was triangle shades and then tick tock, you know? And it's like, it kind of like, looks like, like, why does it look like where we are in history? And it's like, cause that's how we can perceive it. But then if it, how we you know if it's for our perception then what is it you know well that's so so yeah Jacques Vallée talks about that and so he's he's loosely affiliated with that to the stars crowd and their their personal explanation was that it's always at the cutting edge of whatever we are about to get like we were seeing airships like right before we had airships and and um that was kind of their whole thought that it gifts us technology and tries to push us forward that's interesting. That I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> that I accept. Yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> like, and it, you know, yeah. And so one of the guys there, Jim Semivan, um, he's one you should definitely have on if you can get him. He's really hard to get. Um, he's a he was like a former CIA officer, and um, I don't think he'll want to come on Death Valley Girls podcast. <laughs> you'd be surprised. He's done some. He's done some interesting podcasts. Yeah, um, but he. He's a, he's a former head CIA officer, but he's also like an experiencer. And he's talked about his experience and very similar to what I talked about, where he's seen these beings at the foot of his bed with his like wife and all this crazy stuff. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's kind of the thing to me. It's like, it's not just happening to average Joes like me, like it's happening to these other people that, you know, 
you'd be surprised. You're like, what the heck? And there's even some people that believe that they've experienced it and and the whatever the experiences was pushed them to go into the government to try and get them to share their story within that context. That's interesting. Because, yeah, so far, everyone I've interviewed just randomly, like completely randomly, like just uh, a, a group of like a hundred people, all of the people that I interviewed, um, either they were in the military or uh, air, yeah, you know, whatever, what, what did, what is it called? Just like the air force, like, uh, like what your dad did, like what, what oh, would you like say? A- aeronautical engineer yeah like aeronautical stuff either they were in the military or did something with like flying stuff or their parents had not not a single person didn't have that which Uh, i I know that that's not like across the board but just based on somehow a hundred percent of the people i've talked to (laughs) have that in common yeah correlation yeah and i don't know and i've talked about this uh before but just maybe you might have a um no more um somebody else that has said this but um is a feeling i'm kind of getting is a lot of the people feel like it's um like a soul contract kind of thing that you before you come into your body kind of agree to be part of this mission or whatever it is have you yeah so i don't know if it's exactly like that but um so chris so I did an interview with him on my pod, but I don't know if he if he said it on this, but he said like basically that these beings told him that they're the caretakers of our souls and that what their job is, is that is that they, when we die, their job is to move our soul into a new body uh, because we're eternal beings like, and, and then we get moved. Um, yeah. And so that's, I, I forgot what interview I saw that with him, but that's what he said that they told him. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard other stories like that, that we're, we're not exactly what we think we are. Yeah. It's kind of the point. And I, I mean, I'd love to, just, I mean, that's the, that's the cool thing to me is like, that's where this topic bleeds into like, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's so much crazy crossover, like, um, so when Kennedy got assassinated, there was a group of people that they were they were into really heavy esoteric. I'm forgetting the guy's name, but I mean, oh, totally blanking because it's it's a great one. But they they said that they were talking to a non-human intelligence off world that told them that they needed to do this to like, I don't know, XYZ, move some plan forward. And I mean, there's so many stories like that where esoteric um beliefs and esoteric like i don't know what you call them but whatever you do to like make things happen that there's some kind of weird crossover with this yeah totally well there's i mean that side of it and also there's like um nde or like near-death experience people at the ufo conventions like everything is like coming together because it's you know like before they're ghosts all of these different things seem like different phenomenons but now it's kind of coming together as like you know like just it's the phenomenon is the phenomenon it's not all separate and on this 
in on these podcasts, like a bunch of the people I've interviewed, like um, have talked about Bigfoot, which I don't. Uh, it's my it's our guitar player Larry. That's his favorite thing in the world is Bigfoot. <laughs> um, but it's not something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. But it's like, yeah, all this is connected, uh, and you know, it's not, I don't know, more than ever, people are are realizing that. I don't, I don't really know why, but I think that's yeah. cool. Well, I mean, you even look at some place like, like Skinwalker Ranch, where, I mean, between the different people that have held the ranch, like, they've seen Bigfoot, they've seen saucers, they've seen orbs, they've seen beings, they've seen, like, these, like, dire wolves that are giant wolves, and, I mean... I mean, they. I think someone said that they saw like a mile long ship come out of a portal in the sky, oh. and it's like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> yeah, it just makes you wonder. To me, so one thing that I think about a lot is like, you know, because I I do I do audio and and I know that like we can hear this range, but we're restricted on what we can hear. Like we can actually, like what's actually there is like this, but we only hear this. Yeah. Our vision is the same way. Yeah. Sure. Our sense of smell is the same. As a matter of fact, I know our sense of smell is the same way because I lost some smell from COVID and I can't smell anymore. Whoa. And, and, um, I just wonder like, all right, what if these things are like here and we just can't see them? Like we're actually cohabitating a world. I think we are, to be honest. That's like my impression. Yeah. I, I, I think we are. I think that's why so many people can like have, have extra sensory perception in different ways and psychic abilities and all these different things. I think, um, I think we're, it's just like extra sensitivity, you know? And I think people are starting to have that more just for a bunch of different reasons. But I think, uh, I, I don't know if this is crazy. Maybe do you play video games? I did. I did a lot when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I'd say from like as soon as I got Nintendo till about eighteen, I was like a hardcore gamer. And then yeah, I just, did they have like where you could see yourself do stuff in the then? game? Yeah. Um, towards the end, like I think I stopped. I think I stopped around that time actually because those games used to make me dizzy. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I was just watching my nephew play one of those games yesterday where you like, you know, cut people with swords and stuff or whatever. But uh, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then when you want to see what's going on, you you become the vision of your eagle. And I was like, just practicing thinking that way is making these people, these kids different. And I think in a good way, like practicing seeing yourself and making it it's like your ability to meditate your ability to like you know feel how actually feel like all of those things I think are actually being like honed and also the idea that like when I grew up there this is my new obsession for the week so I'm sorry to push it on you this is my agenda but it's like when I grew up I saw a screen like we were allowed to watch tv on the weekends so it was like this crazy thing and like the idea that so there not everything was possible there it was very limited and we didn't know it then it seems like we had everything but now to go into this time when literally everything is at your you can order anything anything like I mean like I can order like an alien bandana that says like, 
screw you. And you know what I mean? And it already exists. It's not like I'm in, you know, and also like you can get it tomorrow. And, you know, like, it's just like, or the idea of, I could look that up and see if it exists. Like growing up in a world where you can have anything I think is making people different. And maybe some people like it's making them selfish and spoiled. It's like, but it's making them magical because without limits to what's possible, like you can make anything happen because you don't know that it's limited. Um, So I don't know. Sorry. I'm just like blown away by this concept because I I, like even the idea that I can text you right now a photo, not even we're talking, looking at each other on a like basically book sized object, but like literally it's blowing my mind because when I was a kid, it's like if you wanted to show someone a photo, you had to like wait a few days and like and you had to wait a few days to get the photo. You know, it's just like. It's there's people that are growing up that just think that everything is possible and that's amazing. Uh, And I think it's making them people more like able to see these things that are uh, seem like anomalies, but are really, I think, reality. Um, You know, I don't know. That's my new theory. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I have two things on that. One, you know, so I was born in 83. So I, I remember that time like i remember pre-internet time yeah getting the internet like that was a big deal and and i realized like i think when around the iphone came out like that was the first time i had to like experience like a device i don't know call it addiction i don't know what the hell right but it was was like oh my god there's so much stuff you can do here yeah i almost had to like overcome it and just be like bro like (laughs) i gotta do stuff like go over there yeah And so that's one thing, but yeah, the the other thing with that is I think I saw an interview, it was either with Lou Elizondo or Tom DeLonge and they were talking about uh, Yuri Geller. And, and so Yuri Geller, he's, he's one of like the most well-known remote viewers. And for anyone who doesn't know what remote viewing is, it's like basically these people are given coordinates and they can, with their mind, they can see the place and they can tell you what, what, um, what's in that place. And so the the CIA was basically made a program with the goal of having these psychic spies to like look in different places and see what Russia was doing. So, so they would even use these remote viewers to like find submarines under under the water. And so Yuri Geller was one of them. And so they were saying though that so they they were suspicious because he was already a magician. They were suspicious that he was like faking some of it. Yeah. What they said is they were like, they'd be like, okay, in that video, he's definitely faking that. Uh, he's doing, he's like bending a spoon with his mind in that one. That's crazy. And then they, you know, they're doing it. But what they said was the crazy part is from the videos that they saw of like kids watching those shows, the kids would then be bending the spoons for real. Whoa, that's and, crazy. And I, and I start to, did you ever see Hook? You remember that movie? Yeah. It makes me think of Hook. Like when we're kids, we don't know what's not possible. Yeah to do things we see it and we do it and i wonder if it's something like that to like what you're saying because all the possibilities are there these kids now they just get so good at something because they're just absorbing all this information and they're just there's no limits yeah yeah so i was gonna say one last thing is i think oh no please i think i tend to think that we a lot of us can see this when we're kids like i think we see it more often when we're kids because i i 
most experiences that I talk to that have actually seen the things, they tend to see them when they're young. Um, like I've had some, I've had a couple uh, friends that have, like even some musician friends that would never talk about UFOs, just not that person. And I had one like super serious artist just be like, oh yeah, like I saw, I saw a UFO and I was like four years old. I was outside of my grandma's house and, and I saw it. it was like bigger than the house above it. I knew it saw me and I saw it. And right as my grandma walked out, just like the thing took off. And he's like, I think about that every day of my life. Wow. It's like, yeah, this, this thing is psychologically impacting us. Um, but yeah, I think it has, I think when we're kids, we're just more, way more open to it. It's like the sixth sense, but for UFOs or something. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I think it's easy to think about like if you grew up with something like, like around a volcano and it was like normal to think that maybe, or maybe the volcano, you know, like knowing that there's something there that could erupt and burn everything down obviously impacts your life. And I think so that's easy to imagine being afraid of that or living in LA, we're afraid of earthquakes or whatever. That's totally normal. We've had a bunch anytime like a truck goes by, it's like, Oh shit. But like in that same way, like if you don't, if you're, I think their brains have to be different. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's kind of what I, what I got for, for my stories. I mean, I, like I said, I think I'll connect you with Chris. That'd be a great interview you do with him. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Is there any last things you want to tell the people or you have anything coming up you want people to pay attention to or um, do you have something you don't want them to pay attention to? yeah yeah <laughs> ask them please don't go to my instagram page yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you can definitely go check me out i'm at cortez on all the sites uh twitter instagram tiktok um and uh i have my own podcast where I, it's not only about UFOs and stuff. It's kind of more general, but um, I do interview some people that, that are related to the phenomenon. Uh, we should have you on sometime. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm down. And, uh, and yeah, you can go check that out. It's called The Killer Cortez Show. And uh, and yeah, feel free to reach out to me, anybody who want, has questions or whatever. And, you know, um, I'm so grateful for you for uh, interviewing me and being my first interview where I talk about this stuff. It's uh, Wow. <laughs> thank you for being so kind about it you know it, it can be i've just seen the twitter wars where people just get flamed and it's yeah. like being in, being in an inclusive place for this topic is is uh nice yeah well the honor is all mine thank you so much for coming here i hope we get to meet soon yes likewise ha- great great luck on the tour uh, uh, i checked out the new record right before right before we jumped on it sounds so good i love oh, it oh no way thanks so much that's so cool yeah, <laughs> thank you so much well i'll talk to you soon thank you for coming here funny okay bye <laughs>